I'm going to need that in a minute. Ooh. Or not. There, we'll just put that right there. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to pray because, Holy Spirit, we need more. We have all things in Christ. All things are ours in Christ. But we're asking for more and more revelation. We're asking for the courage to say yes to all that's ours, the dreams that you've put in our heart. So, Lord, just like you did with Candy, in one, in one night you planted a seed. A few days later, she took action and... A couple days later, she's all set to go somewhere and follow her dreams some more. So, Lord, I'm asking for that. I'm asking for quick harvest. I'm asking, God, that you take our dreams and give us the courage to move quickly as you, as you give us that, that green light. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is going to be um, part two. So if you didn't catch part one, should be on our podcast. If not yet, then soon. Um, last week, my title was running, running into your dreams, running with your dreams. And uh, again, just giving you permission to go after your dreams. Um, today, this is really similar, but I want to talk about partnering with God to live out your dreams. We certainly talked about that last week, but I wanted to go further along in this direction. Before I get into it, though, I... Um, I wanted to talk uh, real quickly about maintaining a rhythm of pressing forward with your dreams and leaning back into the Lord's arms. Uh, notice I said maintaining a rhythm, so meaning it's something you got to keep doing because um, we're made for both. We are made, we got dreams inside of us, and if we, um, if we don't ever go after those dreams, something inside of us starts dying. And so we have to we have to press into those dreams and say, Lord, I want to go. Um, at the same time, when God starts moving, um, as as I am experiencing right now, when God starts moving on your dreams, it's really easy to start go 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 going, and and um, pretty soon you get really exhausted and things start getting out of whack and you forget what you know what this is all about. Remember, you're alive. To represent Jesus. You're alive to, to enjoy him. You're alive to be with him. It's, it is about representing his kingdom. But it's about doing it with him. Not for him. So. Remember when Leif Hetland came? He talked about this rhythm. Remember this? Let's see. Oh. You know what, Jim, there was? It's so okay. No, no, no. We're going to sing it. It was actually on here. I told Jim I didn't have sound tonight. So we're all going to do it together. It's leaning forward. I mean, pressing forward and leaning back. You ready? Da, 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 da,
Okay. That was way more fun than having an orchestra do it. You guys are wonderful. You're all hired. I, I, I can use you at every conference I go to. Okay. Um, don't you love that picture? Um, the heavenly dance. That's us with Jesus. And I know it's really hard to see in that picture, but the lights that come down below are actually um, hitting all the different nations on the floor there of the... So, in other words, as we learn the romance with him, he is going to have us go out and impact nations. It's both and it's neither. It's not either or. Okay? So, I just wanted to remind you of that because, um, because honestly, um, you know, just in this last week or two uh, with, uh, t- you know, Todd mentioned about the book, um, which, which is in the printer, into the printer. Um, and um, will be available next week in the healing conference. And so, but here's the thing: is that um, there's a it's a whole new world. There's a hundred thousand things I could be doing every single day. And and honestly, um, um, I, I got like just, all it takes is a couple of days of just getting carried away in all of it and just going. I am just I'm exhausted. I'm spent because I wasn't doing the da da. You know that one? And um, so Suzanne comes in and she did the great wife thing. She actually listened to me as I just kind of vented about how tired I was and no end to all this. And she and I said, you know, I know I need to just stop and spend time with the father. And, and I go right on to saying something else. And then she goes, um, why don't you just spend a half hour right now and I'll leave you. And you go spend the time with the Lord and then watch, watch what happens. I'm like, that is so awesome. You know, I, I kind of don't know why I couldn't just do that on my own, why it took her saying it, but I'm like, hello? So I went and spent the last, the good news of all this is that the last two days, I just spent, I spent, you know, some really yummy time with the Lord both days. And am I still tired? Yeah, a little bit, because there's a lot going on. But there's also the, this rejuvenation that's happening and, so I just want to tell you, I want to remind you, this is just kind of coming honestly from the depth of my heart. Yes, go after your dreams, because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But you must take care of yourself. You're, you're the core of who you are. And the only way to do that is in Papa's arms, in the arms of Jesus. That's the only way to do that. There's no substitute for it. So whatever you have to do to keep staying in that place, I want to encourage you, please do it for your sake. Um, what's next? I think, oh, so I want to tell you, um, God has wired you to make a difference for the sake of his kingdom, right? So I'm going to get back on track here. He has wired you to do this. And last week, if I could say one slide that encapsulated the whole thing was this one right here. Live like someone left the gate open. That was just worth a redo, even if you saw it. Um, God gives you permission. That's really the way you were meant to live. Before I share some more, I am going to first bring up someone to give a testimony because I wanted you to hear uh, someone who, you know, extremely talented, got, you know, loves Jesus. Um, but what, what do you do with that? What how do you take this and, and discover your dreams and start running with them? And, um, and so tonight we get uh, the privilege of 
listening to, let it come here, Angela Wilson. Would you please bless her? Oh, and I forgot to say, um, Angela is an artist, and so as she's speaking, I'm going to just put some a few of her artwork in the back behind her on the slides. Hi. <laughs> okay, two, two disclosures. First disclosure, I speak with an accent, and I really can't help it. <laughs> Second disclosure, I'm really not a public speaker. <laughs> okay, now I can start. Okay. So I'll give you, I'm going to try and pack a lot into this. Um, um, I have notes so that I don't get scared and lose my English. Um, third disclosure, this is my second language, so please try and bear with me. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background and then I'm going to read you some scripture. And I want to tell you my story a little bit. I'm not going to go into all the detail because we won't have time. Um, so I was, I was born and raised in South Africa. I was born in 1977, just before apartheid started unraveling in South Africa. Um, my mom was single and I was a huge disgrace for her family. I've never met my real mother and I'm not even sure that my real dad even knows that I exist. He probably doesn't. Um, I was adopted then into a family with people who were having a lot of issues. <laughs> and I grew up with a brother who was severely mentally ill. And I grew up in a family that completely did not understand me and completely was completely different than me. When I was older, I found out things about my real family and I found out that they were all artists and they were all musicians and they were all dancers and they were all teachers and they were missionaries and they were go-getters and they founded whole big areas in South Africa. They went in and did that for the kingdom and I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> but I grew up in a pretty hostile environment. The, the country was filled with confusion. There was a lot of violence, a lot of terrorism. And also in my own house, things were very upheveled and there, there was a measure of abusive behavior around me. So I, I also grew up within the apartheid church and the apartheid church wanted everybody to be exactly the same. There was no room for anyone who thought differently, acted differently, or expressed themselves in alternative ways. <laughs> of course, I didn't fit into that very well, and I was in trouble all the time. <laughs> okay, so what, what I discovered when I was 21, when I was 21 years old, up to that point, I had basically a life of hell on earth. <laughs> That's the only way I know to describe it. I was completely confused. I had no identity. I was completely broken down. Um, there was basically nothing left of me. I didn't believe in myself. Everyone told me I was a total mess. And people even told me things like I should never have been born. And that I even got told things like by Christians that God doesn't even create people outside of marriage. And I'm not even worthy of being a person. Okay, that's the kind of stuff I got told when I was young. Okay, so when, then by a 
really strange context. It's too hard to go into all the detail. But I ended up going to art school, and I ended up going to a very prestigious, prestigious art school in South Africa. And I basically cried my first year for, through university because I was severely untalented compared to the other people. They had classes with famous artists, and I could not even draw decently, okay? But I knew in my heart I had this crazy dream, and I didn't even know exactly where it came from. But when I was 21, in the middle of this craziness, um, I actually at the time had to leave my house because I was fearing for my life. My brother was extremely violent and my dad wouldn't do anything about it. So I, I left the house. I actually lived in my car for a few days. And I had to stick, I had to believe that there must be something more. And I was um, involved in bad relationships with guys and it was quite disastrous at the time. And so I started hearing I, I encountered a charismatic church because they were also kind of forbidden in the South Africa that I grew up in. And, and I started hearing a new message. I started hearing Christianity from a new angle for the first time in my life. And so I want to just read you a, a scripture. What if, one, if, one of the scriptures that at that time started speaking to my heart and started waking me up. And at that time, I also totally committed my life to God. And this was one of the scriptures that, that, that started out. It says in Matthew 5, Jesus just preached the Sermon of the Mount. And he just talked about how we should be on the inside. But then he moves on and he says how we should be on the outside. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality, how can its saltiness be restored? It is not good for anything any longer but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, what I got told all my life was this. You are the salt of the earth, but you have to make sure you don't taste like salt at all. Taste really bad and weak. Then you don't have to feel guilty when people trample you underfoot. You are the light of the world, but you should make very sure that nobody sees you so that you will not become prideful. You should hide your light just to make sure you stay really humble. Don't let your light shine before men. It is very dangerous because the world is extremely evil. Instead, hide from the world and don't speak to strangers. It is much safer inside the church. <laughs> Please, don't show anyone your moral excellence. Nobody cares. Stay really messed up, scared and hidden, wallow in your issues and run around in circles going nowhere. Then... <laughs> Then God will do millions of miracles and people will miraculously recognize Jesus in all the confusion. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, that's what I've been told my whole life. But when I read that, I realized this is not true. This cannot be true. And so I decided all on my own <laughs> that I'm going to try and find out how to live the truth and not all these horrible things that I was told all my life. And I was basically 
ripped to pieces and thrown on the floor and danced upon. And, and I wanted to do something better with my life. I wanted to do what Jesus said and not what these messed up people kept telling me. So I started, when I got saved, I went to everyone and I told them I'm sorry for all my, everything I ever did wrong. I freaked out everyone at the university that I was studying at because I was suddenly very radical. And I debated professors in public and I told them, I, I debated them because up to that point I was like a 90% student in worldly philosophy. <laughs> So I could debate them on their own terms, and God really used me, but I was really hurt inside. I had a lot of woundedness that I didn't know what to do with, and it took many years and many people that God sent over my path to help me heal and to help me believe in myself, and I had to really overcome a lot of stuff, and it's still in process. I'm not like, I think, done or anything. Okay, so... But I decided that I was going to do this dream. And I struggled through art school big time because I was not on the level that many of the other students were. But I wanted to be good and I wanted to be excellent. And, I want, and God started really opening things up to me. And he, he even made me aware like there was this pastor who came and speak about Kansas City and the prayer movement and what they were doing at the time. This is like the early 2000s in South Africa. I'm like, I got to go there, but I have no money. <laughs> How am I going to go to the USA? I've never even been outside of Africa. <laughs> and um, I ended up here. And when I first came here, I decided... I can't let this go to waste. <laughs> this is too good. There are millions of people who would kill to get the chance to come here and do what I want to do. <laughs> so I decided that I'm going to do, pursue my art. And I came here and I pursued. I also, I play music instruments and I dance and I started a dance ministry and I went. I now dance with the Livermore School of Dance. I just danced in uh, Wizard of Oz. And I played, I actually started playing with a drum circle who's, it's very new age, but I love it. I, I get along with everyone and they, they think I'm really cool. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, so just, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get closer to concluding here, but um, there's a lot of detail I could go on and on about. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I feel if God can help me have my dreams and if I work hard for my dreams, I think anyone can. You know, I didn't get born into this amazing wealthy family or this amazing everybody just thought I was amazing thing. That came later <laughs> in my life. Um, so how do we how do we change our thinking? Because this is the thing you really have to change your thinking if you want to make your dreams come true. And I'm just going to mention a few things that I learned and that I did. Um, and the first thing I think we have to realize is that there is no elevator to success. We have to take the stairs. <laughs> Often, sorry, it's just it's the truth. <laughs> And um, something I've realized when I came here, which, which is mind-boggling to me because I didn't grow up in American culture, is that contemporary American culture dictates instant fame and a lot of entitlement. 
okay? I, I didn't grow up with instant entitlements, <laughs> I can tell you that. And the thing about that is it's not real and it does not promote achievement and excellence because it makes you sit back and think that everything should be handed to you. And that's bad because it holds you back. It would make you be very static and very lethargic regarding your dreams. And I'm going to give a little quote from Howard Stern. He gave this on America's Got Talent. <laughs> he says, he says, you need to work very hard for becoming good at what you do. The idea that you can achieve instant success in 10 minutes is a fallacy. And he's right. Okay. And then the way that I pursue my dreams is, um, First, you have to know your passion or your dream, okay? I have absolutely no ability to play basketball, so that would be a ridiculous dream for me to have. Um, you have to get real and you have to be honest. You have to be honest with where you're at. And you have to become your, your own worst critic. You have to really challenge yourself. You have to get people around you who won't just tell you what you want to hear. You have to get people around you who will tell you, you can do better. You can go further. Go for it. Don't be scared. Um, don't let that trip you up. Focus. That's the kind of people you need around you, okay? You have to wrestle with God. You have, God is extremely secure. He's never scared. You can really wrestle with him. And you have to work with a plan. You kind of have to keep it organic, but you have to have a plan. You have to have a dream, <laughs> okay? Um, and then uh, there was a famous South African golf player. He was actually, this. others have gotten credit for saying this, but he was the first person who said this. And his name is Gary Player. And they asked him, why are you such an amazing golf player? And he said, well, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Okay. <laughs> so that's the other thing. We can't make excuses. Okay. It's like a natural thing. We want to make excuses because we're scared we're not going to be able to measure up or we're not going to be able to, to achieve what we want. So we're like, no, actually I'm too busy or actually, no, you know, actually this is not my season. And we have wonderful excuses. Okay. But in, in the light of that, I just want you, you've seen the Olympic games. Just think of Oscar Pistorius, no excuses. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't even have calves. How do you run without calves? That's like insane. Okay, so if Oscar can do it, no excuses, sorry. Um, then you have to get outside of your comfort zones. And this is a hard thing for Christians to do sometimes because we get trashed in the world, we come to Christ, and then we want to stay in our comfortable place where everyone loves us and everyone pats us on the back and everyone rubs our heads and everyone's really warm and fuzzy. But sometimes, not all, always, but sometimes if you have a dream, you need to be able to step out of that. You need to have real courage. It takes a lot of courage. Um, okay, and so you have to befriend people who are not even Christians. That's what it means. I have five guys, five guys who run with me on a regular basis, helping me reach certain goals and market myself and get certain things done. And only one of them is a Christian. Only one. The other four are excellent at what they do. And because of them, I have been given opportunities that is mind-blowing. I don't compromise. I don't play games. I, don't, I try not to manipulate people. I try to not compromise on what I stand for and believe. But I am willing to run with people who are very different from me. And that's hard for a Christian to do. It's hard to, it's not easy to stand in the world with people who are very different, but you have to be able to do that. Um, 
Joyce Meyer said it good. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Joyce Meyer says it good. She says you have to be prepared to do things alone and afraid <laughs> sometimes. I'm so scared sometimes. I don't even know how to speak English. And <laughs> I still just do it. Um, you can't look for people's approval because people can tell you um, that you're amazing today and tomorrow they can rip your heart apart. You, you can't go on that. That's very dangerous. You have to be secure in God and you have to know what you stand for because you can't compromise. Integrity is something that is very valued by people who even don't have it. They see it. It makes you, integrity is very important. Um, you have to be also prepared to be misunderstood and not to fall for the fears of others who may not understand your path. There are many people in the kingdom who may not even understand exactly what you want to do. But you can't let that scare you or get you to lose your focus. And you have to find your own path. You can't imitate someone else. Okay, like everyone has a different gift. Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. Everyone has a different path. We tend to hero worship people. And that's scary because you try to then be someone that you weren't meant to be. And... You may need to be open to things that may not be the way you always thought they are or will be. A lot of things turned out for me not exactly how I planned, but it's it's kind of different. It's kind of better, you know. <laughs> but, um, and you have to trust God because sometimes things take a long time. If you're, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hours I spent drawing, painting, where nobody saw, nobody cared, everyone thought I sucked. And I did that for years. I've done that now for 15 years straight alone. Okay. I didn't have like a lot of people stand with me or run with me, but you can do it because I'm, I'm doing that. And so I came to America and two years ago I broke onto the local art scene and I started entering my work in contests and I actually started winning competitions and I started selling work locally only in the Tri Valley. And then recently in, in July, June, May, May, June. I did a big mural. I think it's maybe up there some, at some point. It's a huge mural. It's 30 feet wide and 8 feet high. And it's of 26 dolphins and they're playing. And you can go see this mural. It's at um, East Avenue Middle School. It's that. <laughs> it's realistic. I, I painted that. And, and God really is using that mural. People are very touched by that. And I, I didn't put any spiritual anything into it on purpose but people love it and so I did that and then shortly after that I um I got a call from people in Los Angeles it's a big corporation uh, maybe one day I can come back and tell you more because they had me sign this paper that's why I can't say a lot about it but what happened was they called me and they're like we, we found you online and I had to go to Hollywood and I just came back this week and I did a massive project with lots of people. Um, and I was probably the only Christian amongst hundreds of people who were non-Christian. And what I want to tell you is do not be scared. I stood there. I had all these people in my face cussing at me, 
doing things and I stood there and they couldn't bre- they couldn't break me they couldn't move me and in the end my work was just like mind blowing to them and I believe it's God it's not I'm really not the best artist I can tell you that I'm not but I could handle that pressure and I could handle that situation where many others were like devastated by it they were crying they try and make you angry because they want you to show them what you got and it's like it's really weird how it worked but I actually managed to totally come out clean the other side and I'm actually these people actually want to get me back to work with them again and all the other people they had people in the end when we were finished doing this whole project they had people judging our work and it was me and a lot of other artists and all the other artists they were like your work is so childish. You are, and they said a lot of things I can't say here. <laughs> was really bad. I felt sorry, and then I was last. Okay, I was last, and I'm like, oh, good God, please just help me get through this. And you know what? I felt like Daniel and the lions, <laughs> and these people were like, you're amazing. Your work is amazing. I have never seen anyone do this. I have never, they were flabbergasted and God can use that. I got to encourage so many people who were really upset and broken. And you know, if my dream, maybe I should say what my dream is. (laughs) My dream is, I have so many huge dreams, like really seriously big dreams. And now I actually think, I can do it. Like, <laughs> so, so one of my dreams is I, I would love to build a, a huge place someday. I would, I would love to build a place where people can come and they can experience the beauty of God through art in ways that has never been seen. And I want to build it. I want... I I can't, you know, it's hard for me to work in a studio because I want to work in a warehouse. I want to do like big things, <laughs> like the small things are very irritating to me sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> and but all I wanted to tell you guys is just really like if I look back where I come from and I look where I'm standing now and now doors are opening. I got contacted by one of my I don't know a better American word for it, so I'll call it idol, but it's not an idol, so don't get scared when I say that but it's a very famous artist and he's actually considering me to work with him and that's that's really great that's these things don't happen to people like me girls from Africa don't get these opportunities okay so anyway and um you have to really be unafraid don't be scared to stand out